Welcome to Beyond the Skyline. This podcast is dedicated to topics related to UAPs, disclosure, and to experiences of all kinds. I'm your host, Sheila Seppi, and our guest for this episode is Sieve Tulk. Now, Sieve is a speaker, an author, an experiencer, a ufologist, a spiritual counselor, and an experiencer advocate, which I want to learn more about. And she's originally from Istanbul, Turkey. Now, in 2017, Sieve moved to the inner banks of North Carolina and had a life-altering experience, which she's going to share with us today. Now, she came face-to-face with Grays, who burned two X marks in her back. Steve's contact started around age 10, but she kept it hidden until she came out in 2018, and she's going to share some of her experiences today. Now, when she came out, she was a guest speaker at AlienCon, and through her book, You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens, endorsed by renowned UFO researcher Kathleen Martin. Now, Steve is an experienced panel host. She received hosting, or she is recently hosting, the Hollywood Covered Experiencers and Contactees at the MUFON International Symposium in 2022. And she is a workshop leader in an array of subjects. So I'm super excited that we have today, Steve. Hello, hello. How are you? Thank you, Sheila. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yes, this is my little man, Willow. He is my companion and with me 24-7. So (laughs) he likes to get in on the action sometimes. So how are you today? I'm good. Thank you. We're having a really nice warm day here in North Carolina. It's about 70 degrees. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. We got really, really cold, which we're not used to. Right, right. Well, let me ask you, you had quite a few experiences with extraterrestrials. Could you share those with us? There have been many. And the ones I talk about are um, from my conscious memories of ET. Started at the age 10. And it went on for a couple of years. Mm. And And what uh, kind of contact was you having at that young of an age? Yeah, well, at night, I would find myself outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a field, and I would see a spaceship coming, and each time it would come from a different direction. It happened so many times between the ages of 10 and 12 that I lost count. Wow. And uh, it would come and hover over me, and it was so big that I couldn't see the sky, and it would land, and this being would come down these stairs. And I was so happy to see him, so happy because it felt like I was seeing a relative. And he was just checking up on me, making sure I'm okay. And uh, it wasn't until the very, very last time I saw him where that experience was a little different at the age 12. Uh, This time I was with a group of kids and I had never been with other kids before. It had us, yeah. And we were lined up. And I don't remember what their faces look like, but we're about the same height. So I figured about the same age and we're watching the spaceship go away or fly away. And we're really sad because we know that we're not going to see him again. And in my mind, I heard, okay, get to work. And at age 12, I had no idea what that meant. So each time I would find myself in my bedroom, ding, It's when you have an ET contact experience, sometimes when you come back to 3D reality, it feels like you're just dropped and you instantly awake. Uh, There's no grogginess. There's no nothing. You're just immediately alert. And that's what happened. And then I would be confused because um, uh, my bedroom didn't feel as real as the experience I had with my space brother. That yeah. felt. Do you see those thumbs up? I do. See- yeah. So I have that feature turned off, but it still doesn't. <laughs> well, you know what? Somebody is loving your story. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I'd come back to my bedroom. 
very confused and I would just tell myself to forget about it and get dressed and go to fifth grade and just try and be normal. Uh, so that was my whole life was just trying to be normal. I could have uh, told my parents, they would have believed me and accepted because they were, we were all very much believers of advanced civilizations on other planets. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents taught me to meditate when I was in fifth grade. So they would have been open, but I never told anybody until really just a few years ago. Wow. And how did that feel when you first shared this experience? It felt fantastic. I It's through my book, You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens, which came out in 2018. And that was the first time I came out uh, through my book. And then when I was invited to AlienCon, that was the first time it like, came out through my mouth in front of a room full of strangers in Baltimore, which was appropriate because I had a lot of experiences in Baltimore. Uh, I went to Loyola University in Baltimore and I lived in Baltimore for a while. Uh, and it was there that I realized that this is what I want to do. I want to help experiencers. Uh, so it was a, a life-changing moment for me because so many people will come up and, and say, I've never told anyone this before, and then tell me their ET contact story. And it's a lot of people. And I didn't realize how many people until I opened my mouth and then people felt comfortable coming to me. So this is what I do. I'm an experiencer advocate and I help experiencers around the world. You can contact me through my website, planetsev.com and uh, fill out a really, really short, very private questionnaire and I'll get back to you. And I also help experiencers through MUFON. I'm the state director for North Carolina and I'm also on the experiencer resource team. And so in between 12 and uh, when I came out in 2018, I had a lot of experiences, both ET and supernatural, because, you know, they go hand in hand. Yes. And it wasn't until 2017 when I moved here and I had that experience with the Greys that shook me to my core. Uh, and that was my opportunity to finally face my biggest fear in life, which was the ETs, specifically the Greys. I was scared to death of them. Now, you Not had a very unique experience where they actually left cross marks on your body, correct? Yes, that's what happened in 2017 when I moved here to North Carolina from Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. And... Uh, one morning I woke up, it was just our second morning here. And I felt I was in the kitchen unpacking dishes and it felt like something bit my butt and it hurt. So I yelled over to my boyfriend at the time. Uh, I think something bit my butt. Will you look at it? And he's like, yeah. So I bend over and there's just silence. He's not saying anything. And I'm starting to get really nervous and I'm starting to have the feeling something's wrong. I'm like, well, he goes, yeah, there's a bug bite, but there's also this X and it was on my left cheek. And uh, this X has been all over the world. People have measured it. It's equidistant. Uh, but when I ran my fingers across it, I couldn't feel it. It's not there anymore. And this shocked the both of us. I intuitively knew it was the greys and I was scared to death of the greys back then because I thought there were evil. I thought they were victimizing me, but I don't think like that anymore. I realized I thought that because of my own personal perspective of how I viewed myself in the world, which has changed. Uh, and uh, I said to him, we're going to forget like this ever happened. Just forget about it. And he's looking at me like, what? Because I'm so used to decades and decades of hiding it of all the marks on my body, the scoop marks, the lights in the middle of the night, things on my bed, just hit all of it. And uh, so for the next eight or nine days, I tried to forget it, but it's all I could think about. And then I ding, come to in my bedroom. And I'm like, oh, no. And instantly, there's like this download of information, you know how that goes. And it's, um, I see this little movie and it's me, uh, I'm on this hospital type bed and I'm on my side and I cannot move my arms and I cannot move my legs. And I'm in a room I don't recognize, barely dimly lit. And uh, I can sense something behind me. 
and I could move my head. So when I turned around, it was a gray standing right here. And I have a picture and I, and we locked eyes and we stared at each other uh, for a few seconds. And I described looking in his eyes, it was like looking into two pools of black oil. And uh, I felt nothing. Up until that point, I've had contact with the ETs before in Roswell and in other places. And they always gave me information telepathically. But this time there was nothing. And that scared me even more. Uh, and so I turned my head back around because I was terrified. And ding, I'm in my bedroom. Oh, my God. Oh my God. If there's another X on me, I won't be able to take it. So I get out of bed and I go downstairs um, and he was always the first one to get up, but not this time. And I wait for him and he comes downstairs and I, I sort of ask him a bunch of questions. Was I missing from the bed last night? No. Did you sense anything strange in the room last night? No. Did you see anything? No. And he's like, what's up? And so I told him my memory there was also something else about that memory, which I had never known in any of my other experiences. But I knew that when I was in that room, I was on the moon. Mm. So I tell him this and um, like, you know, the million dollar request, will you please look at my butt? And uh, he does. And there's silence. And I knew. And I'm like, well, is there another X? And he goes, yeah. It, this time it's on the other cheek, directly across from it. And it's exactly like the first one. So at this point, uh, it's very difficult to explain because I was like suspended in nothing. Uh, I had what I call an existential crisis uh, because it was all real. Like everything I was trying to ignore my whole life, think it was dreams. None of it were dreams. Dreams don't put two red X's on your tush. And so I was grappling with, oh my God, this is real. I'm really talking to aliens. Why am I talking to aliens? What do they want with that? What do they want with me? What is going on? Why are they victimizing me? What is happening? Who am I? Who are you? Who are we? What's happening? And uh, that is my question. Why are they, why were they visiting you and taking you aboard craft? It's been happening for a long time. Uh, I have theories. Um, it has something to do with that message I got when I was 12 years old. You have work to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, uh, I do believe that my connection with the ETs, and there's a variety of different kinds, um, uh, has helped strengthen my psychic abilities because that's mm -hmm. what I living, I conduct sole purpose readings. And also, uh, when you're connected to the other dimensions and to these interdimensional beings, you can channel information, which is life changing. It's free therapy. And it's the best advice you can get because it's <laughs> exactly for you. Right. But I listened to that advice and it changed my life. Awesome. So what was the advice? Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> I didn't like the grays. Was be I thought they were victimizing me was because I was playing the victim role for my entire life to abusive marriages. Everything happened to me. I had no control. Why is everyone so mean? And uh, the grays helped me realize that, uh, no, I can only look at myself, that I can't be mad at my exes. You know, what is it within me that accepted such crappy behavior? And uh, the X's, I believe, were put on my tush, which is where your kundalini energy resides. Mm -hmm. And I do believe they activated my kundalini energy. And as you know, when that's activated, you have this unquenchable desire to know the truth. Yes. about yourself and about the world like that is that's what drives you to do everything and that what happened and in that quest to know me the real me that included overcoming my fear of the grays mm. and in that i i i realized that i do have self control i do have power i can uh 
I'm in control of what I manifest. And that's all from the the experience from the grays and also messages that I get from other ETs. Awesome. Now, you know, I want to kind of uh, visit again your experience on the craft and being taken at night because some people report that when they go on the craft at night that there's two different things that I've heard. One, well, Sheila, first huh? of all, I don't have conscious memories of being on the craft when I was a little girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I probably was, but right now I don't have conscious memories of when I was 10 to 12 that I was on the craft. Right, right. So some people report that during the nighttime that their partner is kind of like paralyzed and has no memory and they physically are taken. And then other people report that they're taken astrally, that there is a way that they disconnect the astral body, and that is what travels with them, which is the same thing that travels at night. And I was just wondering what your perspective on those two views are. Both. So I do believe uh, there's communication through the consciousness, if you want to call that astral travel, we're all connected. I call it the playground of consciousness. When you enter the playground of consciousness, every, everyone's playing there. All beings are playing yes. there. You with all beings, whether they're ETs or a spirit guide or a dead person, everyone's there. Uh, and uh, now I forgot your question. <laughs> well, that's okay. It, one was about um, a partner being paralyzed and they're physically taken. And the other is the astral separation of the body. Yes. So I do believe it's both. Uh, as far as a partner being paralyzed, <clears throat> like when I said the the second X where I, he always got up first, but this time I got mm -hmm. up, uh, I think that's related. Also, we had an experience in Roswell, New Mexico, where, uh, do you want to hear about it? Yes, that was actually the next question. I was going to say, you mentioned Roswell earlier in our conversation. So tell me about that. Um. All right. This was, uh, it was around 2016. So I hadn't come out yet. I hadn't written a book. I hadn't done anything. I was still in denial. And I just had this spur of the moment trip to Roswell, New Mexico. My ex at the time uh, worked for the government. He managed a brand new missile defense system. And uh, so for a year, we lived on the island of Kauai. And so for a year, I would travel between Capitol Hill and Kauai. And so this time I was on Capitol Hill and he calls me up and he says, I have to go to White Sands Missile Range for work. Uh, why don't you meet me there and I'll take you to Roswell. I was like, oh, my God, it's up out of the blue completely. And I was so <laughs> excited because I knew about it since I was a little girl, the crash yeah. there. So I fly to El Paso. He picks me up. And our first stop is to White Sands. New have you been to White Sands Missile Range or White Sands, New Mexico? I have not. Okay. So they have a beautiful uh, uh, federal park there, I think. You know, the, the big, um, the White Sands, literally the gypsum that you can slide down. It's mm -hmm. amazing. It's like you're on another planet. And then they have the White Sands Missile Range, which is not amazing. Uh, it, as soon as I got there, I wanted to leave. Uh, there's a lot of government work that goes on there. And uh, like all my hairs were like sticking up. And I just saw in my mind's eye, I just saw lots of building uh, rooms and hallways and tunnels under the ground. And it's at the base of this big black mountain. And I just like, ugh, I just didn't want to be there. It was not good. He wanted to show it to me. So I'm like, okay, can we get this over as quickly as possible? So finally, we leave. And I'm like, I'm never coming back here again. And we take off to Roswell. Uh, we go to the museum and all that. That was fun. And then we go to the hotel room. And we're both tired. And I'm sitting on the bed. And he's in the bathroom. And I'm switching through the TV. And I'm thinking to myself, oh. I wish that show People of Earth was on. Do you know that show, People of no, Earth? No, I haven't seen that. It was. It's only on for a couple of seasons. Okay. Um, it's produced by Conan O'Brien. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a really funny, clever take on an experience or support group. <laughs> and I love that. 
show, but I knew it was over. I knew it wasn't going to come on. So he comes out of the bathroom to tell me something. And I stopped the TV on a commercial. He says what he has to say. I turn the TV back on. I do not even change the channel and poof, people of earth comes on. And I'm like, wow. All right. So he had never watched it. So we watched it and we laughed and we fell asleep. Next thing I know, my eyes pop open. It's pitch black. I can't even see my hand in front of my face. And I hear footsteps on the carpet. And I hear him get into bed. I feel him get into bed. And I think, why was he sitting on the couch? Was it because of the aliens? And then I fall back to sleep. So I get up in the morning and he's in the shower. I'm like, why would I think he's sitting on the couch in the middle of the night? He never does that. And why would I think it was the aliens? And then all of a sudden, this huge download, visual and information about what happened that night. And uh, I connected with several grays and they were talking to me about a book that I wanted to write at that time. But like I said, I didn't like the grays. And I was like, who are you to tell me what, what kind of book to write? <laughs> you know, I was not very cooperative. And then they gave me information about the hybridization program. And when I went to sleep that night, I knew nothing about this. When I woke up, I had all this information. So then he gets out of the bathroom and I said to him, did anything happen last night? And he goes, oh, yeah. I go, uh, were you sitting on the couch? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I got up in the middle of the night and there was something in the room. Now, he's very logical. He, it was hard for him to even tell this story because to him, it was like it, it was like coming out of a skin. It's not normal for him at all. And he goes, this never happened, but there was something in this room looking at us, watching us. And I got up several times to find it and I couldn't find it, but it was there. And so I got out of bed and I sat on the couch and I watched you toss and turn and toss and turn. And I thought you were awake. So I told him all the information that I remembered. And that really freaked us the both out. Really, we kept the whole, the rest of the vacation, we're like looking up in the sky. And I thought when I get back to Capitol Hill, I'll be fine. But when I got back to Capitol Hill, I was not fine. I did not want my clients to know I was talking to aliens. I didn't want anybody to know, but I was ha really struggling with what happened. Um, so I kept it a secret um, until one day I just, blurted it out to a girlfriend and she's like, well, I happen to know a regression therapist who specializes in this. And uh, she lives in Virginia. Um, and so I called her up and I told my ex, we're going to drive three hours one way <laughs> so I could be regressed and get some answers. And I do uh, in a chapter in my book, the entire chapter is dedicated um, to what I experienced. It's almost word for word. Wow. Wow. And so as you uncover more and more information, as you have more and more experiences, is there any memories that come up that say maybe your last lifetime, you were an extraterrestrial or you volunteered to have these experiences on their behalf? Can you share a little bit about that? Well, past life to me doesn't uh, really mean in the past. I don't right. think all really things are happening at once. Yes. So they're current consciousnesses. So we all have a variety of uh, current consciousnesses at the same time. So, uh, and we're a variety of different beings. So I really wonder why some people need to know, am I a Palladian or not? And then they think I'm just a Palladian. Well, in my opinion, you're not just a Palladian, you're a Palladian and an Arcturian and a this and a that and things we yes. don't even know about. We're so many different things. Right, right. Just one. And so to answer your question, I think I'm lots of different beings as you are all at the same time. Right. Okay, great. Now, I want to kind of shift topics a little bit, but not. Um, I want to ask you about the congressional hearings. Of course, you know, David Grush coming out really changed the viewpoint of a lot of people in America. And one of the things that 
everyone can't help but notice there is no shortnesses of eyewitnesses to either extraterrestrial sightings, you know, UAPs, having experiences of going underwater, um, all these different types of experiences, which I would like to talk about that as well. But um, one of the things that I'm noticing is as far as the disclosure, the official disclosure is concerned, we're being hand fed, you know, just a little bit at a time. And I was wondering what your viewpoints are on disclosure and how you might envision that unfolding. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think we are in disclosure. Uh, and uh, as far as the congressional hearings, I do watch them. Uh, the big one that happened a couple of years ago, I have a YouTube channel, Alien Spirit with Sev, and I made a video to sum up that uh, congressional hearing if you don't want to watch the whole thing, because it was very important. Even though they lied throughout it, it was still very important. And then we had the one with Grush, which I also watched. Excuse me. Was something that Grush said that I could not believe was actually said on television. And I was so happy was when he talked about NHI, non-human intelligence, because he doesn't call them aliens. One of the senators asked him, why do you use the term NHI? And he said, well, because maybe the beings we're, we're communicating with or the beings we're talking about actually do live on Earth, but they just live in another dimension. They're really not extraterrestrial. They are of Earth in another dimension. I was like... I cannot believe he just said that. But after that, I'm like, oh, this might get some buzz. But nobody really said anything except recently. I saw that there's some article about NHI equaling angels. And I have a personal belief as to what's happening. I think the government is starting to create a narrative of um, demons versus angels, the demons being the ETs. Yes. I think they're starting to create a narrative where I'm talking to demons, but maybe some other experiencers who claim that they're talking to angels, their experience is legit, but mine is horrible. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can see this when I look at what's happening through that, that lens, I can very clearly see that they're creating this divide to yes. discredit experiencers. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree with you. When I first heard that they were equating these experiences with angelic experiences, not that, well, anything outside of our realm is extraterrestrial with us being terrestrial, but when they began to put the angelics with the same category of the experiences that people are having here, that's a little frightening. It is. And it's all being done intentionally to divide us. And then there'll be a mock war and we're going to hate them. And they're going to, we're going to want our government to kill them because they're all demons. And so, yeah, you can only talk to angels and only certain people can talk to angels. And uh, it's unfortunate. So I'm watching very closely what's happening here. Uh, it's kind of scary uh, to think that they want to uh, discredit all of us. However, the truth is the truth, and you can try and cover it as much as you want. The cat's out of the bag. At this point, the government really should give up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's not much more hiding you can do. Right, right. Well, with the new narrative, there also would have to be a discounting of people's benevolent experiences. And I think that that's going to be hard to do. There are too many people who have had face-to-face -face interaction. There are too many people who have on, gone on craft and had these experiences where maybe they had a sick liver and they came back and it was healthy. I mean, there's there's just too many people out there. Oh, yes. Have you heard of the uh, Terry Lynn Keel story of how she was healed? She had a reptilian experience? No. She's on the board of MUFON. And at the symposium last year, she gave a talk about how she was healed with this interaction with this uh, reptilian. And she has scientific uh, proof. Um, she, she took swabs of the area and had them uh, tested. And the DNA came back. Literally, there was DNA in her body from a reptile that lives in South America. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Wow, that's that's something else. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so MUFON has an international uh, symposium every year. In 2022, I was honored to be the Master of Ceremonies. And last year, I hosted a panel and, uh, and experienced a workshop. And this year, it's in Texas. Uh, and I will be hosting an experiential workshop and also presenting uh, a very interesting case. Ooh, sounds exciting. Now, I wanted to also ask, the work that you do with experiencers, is this one-on-one? -on -one? Can people call you, book a session, have a one-on-one, -on -one, or do you do group experiences as well? I do co-host an experiencer group, but I have private ET contact consultations, which are one-on-one, -on -one, and they can get as intense as you want. Uh, and the goal is to get it off your chest, just to tell me what happened. Uh, I do not judge. This is non-judgmental. I listen to all of it and then offer advice, how to process it, how to assimilate it, how to integrate it so it's not effectively Oh, excuse me, negatively affecting your life like it did. Because if you hide this truth, it permeates and messes up every aspect of your life. You can't compartmentalize this, right? I mean, it just everything. So it's important that you process and integrate. And I, and I help you do that. With the people that you're speaking to, have they had individual experiences or are they finding they've had multiple experiences? Oh, it's multiple. It's multiple. Yeah, it's I really don't know anyone that just had one. Do you? No, I don't. No, <laughs> but yeah. maybe your clients are different. <laughs> oh, I don't know anyone that just had one because maybe you might start off just thinking you had one. But as you start to investigate it, as you start to look into it, and as you start to uh, learn how it can benefit you, because these can really benefit you in a beautiful way, these contacts. Uh, then you amp up your frequency. When you amp up your frequency, you start aligning with aligning with higher frequency memories yes. and higher frequency information. So, aha! All right, now I know something I didn't know before because I never matched the frequency of that information. Or, aha! I remember something I didn't know it before because my personal frequency didn't match with the frequency of that memory. And that's why it's so important to keep raising your frequency so you have access to higher frequency information memories. Yes. Now, do you find that a lot of people are having experiences with interdimensional beings or even inner earth beings or under the water? All of it. All of it. Living here off the water in North Carolina, we have a lot of sightings in North Carolina. North Carolina is a hot spot. We're usually in the top 10 states with the most UFO sightings. We also have Bigfoot here, and I do believe that I just see it. And uh, many people have seen Bigfoot around here, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also, we live in um, like a ley line that comes from uh, the Bahamas, supposedly Atlantis, uh -huh. all the way to Asheville. I don't know if you've heard of Asheville, North Carolina. It's oh, yes. I grew up in Virginia. Oh, which part? Yes, in the southwestern portion. And so, you know, Asheville is maybe two hours, three hours away. Yeah, it's a great place. I love Asheville. Asheville's really cool. Yeah. And so it's so uh, we're a vortex over here as mm -hmm. a vortex where you are. You're in Colorado. Yes. I love Colorado. Love it. Yeah. I went for the first time when I was the MC at the MUFON symposium. It was in Denver and I've always been a water girl, but I'd never seen mountains like that before. And right. it, like, I miss them now. I miss them. Mm -hmm. and I didn't know that the mountains were going to do that to me. I've seen mountains, you know, the Appalachians and all that, the Blue Ridge, everything we have yes. around here. But the mountains in Colorado are something else. Yes, they they really are. Now, you mentioned um, a Bigfoot. And many people believe that they also are interdimensional beings. But some people believe that they're the original inhabitants of this planet. Uh, do you have any comment to that? Hmm. The original inhabitants? I don't know who the original inhabitants are. How could, I mean, right, right. That's like, what? 
millions of years ago? Maybe, gosh, knows. We have no idea. I don't know what the beginning was. But I do think that they are interdimensional beings. There's just too many stories of them kind of disappearing when people see them. And also their footprints just kind of just disappear. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Along, all of a sudden they're just gone. Uh, and, uh, well, you look at Chewbacca. I mean, where do you think Chewbacca came from? Right. Yeah. So there's definitely a link. Yes, I think so, too. And we have them here in Colorado as well. A friend of mine said, oh, I'm going to gift you with a, a Bigfoot knocker. Well, I thought a bi- it was going to be in the shape of a Bigfoot that you put on the tree. I had no idea what it was. And it was this beautiful, elegant, well, elegant, um, looks like a bat. But he says it. there was carvings and all, it was just gorgeous. But anyway, he said, you take this out to a tree you strike it three times. And if there is a Bigfoot in the area, they'll answer back. So I thought, okay, I'm I'm always game to try something. So one night, spur of the moment, I grab my bat, I go outside. In the middle of the tree. You did it at night? Oh, geez. I was about 11. It was about 11. So okay. I grabbed my bat, I went outside, and I asked permission of the tree. I whacked it three times, and lo and behold, above me, bam, bam, bam. And then below me, bam, bam, bam. And I just stood still. I was like, did I hear what I thought I heard twice? Did I actually hear that? And then it was like this energy of fear ran through my body, which I've come to understand that a Bigfoot will send that out first. But if it's met with love, then a different type of interaction will happen. In my case, when I felt that fear, I was like, it's the middle of the night. Here I am outside. I don't even have a coat on. I better go inside and get my coat. So I ran back in the house, obviously did not go back out. But um you know, they are everywhere. And I know that there are native tribes that say that they're caretakers of their people. And they talk about seeing them all the time and how they will help in certain areas. So, you know, there's, again, there's growing evidence to these beings. People are finding patches of hair. They have them tested course half of them disappear but they come up with an unknown origin as far as their dna sampling goes mm. when you said you heard the knocking below you what do you mean you heard a below you? where our house sits back and they're the back of the mountain it abuts with the mountain okay and so then there's um a flat spot and then there's a gentle in uh, decline and it goes down into a flat field and so above us we connect we have land above us but it also connects in with 10,000 acres of national forest property and so when i hit the whack 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 i heard it somewhere above me and then i was like did i really hear that and then i hear whack 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 but it was below me And someone had told me that they believed that there was like a family that was living in our particular area. Now, I didn't investigate that. I don't know if there is. In fact, Um, I didn't go looking for hair after that event, but it was an experience that I had, which I found to be quite unusual. How come you never did it again? Yeah, well, I did it with a couple people. And what I've found is you really have to be in the right frame of mind. I think that you have to go out with, you know, um, the consciousness of peace, yeah. um, love. You know, you really have to drop into almost like a sacred space. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time I take the dog out at night and he's running around, and this was before I had the dog. So, you know, I'm just thinking, well, there may not be anything out there, but I may go out and try it again tonight because we have snow on the ground. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yes. Yeah. And then you can add it to the end of this interview. Give us an update (laughs) of what happened. (laughs) There you go. There you go. 
Yeah. So I believe that there's so many things that's now coming to light. Um, I believe people are starting to understand that they're actually multidimensional beings having this human experience. I believe that people are dropping into that essence. And when they do, it does raise their vibrational frequency. And as it raises their frequency, it opens them up to a plethora of experiences that may not be available for someone else. I know of instances where there are two people, one person sees a craft and the other person with them doesn't see. So it has to be something that's frequency related. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. There's several cases of that uh, where two people see completely uh, different things. Uh, and also for those of us who can see auras and energy beams and things like that, mm -hmm. it just takes we can all see those things, but it's just practice looking into uh, another uh, strata of frequency. Uh, and uh, for those of us who practice that, uh, do you teach that? Do you teach people how to see their auras and things like that? I have before, yes. Uh -huh. So I do too. It's you have. It's a different way of looking because we're so used to our eyes landing. We look as far as we can look, and then it lands there. But when you're looking at the energy in a room or auras or things, you have to look halfway in the room. You have to look into this space. Like you can't let your eyes land where they normally do. You kind of have to pull them out and just kind of like stare at the air. Right. And we're not naturally taught to do that. Right. But if you practice that, you will start seeing stuff. You will start seeing, right. like, um, remember, I don't know if you're old enough to remember when there was snow on TVs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you can see that in a room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really available to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So what's next for you? Huh. What's well, coming up? Thank you for asking. Uh, well, I was recently in a brand new show that uh, ABC News Nightline has mm -hmm. Ultimate X, and it's on Hulu. And uh, there's other people on the show, too, like Dr. Avi Loeb and Neil deGrasse Tyson and the ex-director of Arrow, Kirkpatrick. Uh, the show wanted to represent both sides, and I think they did a pretty good job. There's, they also feature MUFON Boot Camp. Uh, and um, also in an episode on Gaia TV, mm -hmm. I believe with George Nori, and I'm in a Canadian uh, TV docu series, uh, and I have a uh, I have a butt double. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess we all can aspire to that. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, and uh, the MUFON Symposium coming up, which I'll be speaking at. Um, my YouTube channel, Alien Spirit uh, with Sev. My website, planetsev.com. Uh, my website is Sev, excuse me, my email is Sev at planetsev.com. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Also, I have a planet and a star system named after me in the Star Wars galactic system. Yeah, there's a planet and star system sev talk. And for anyone who watches uh, Star Wars Andor, they recently mentioned my name on the show. So now I'm like, who owns my name? Am I allowed to even use my <laughs> own my name? Yeah, I had a friend. Um, a few years back, she was dating my best. He was dating my best friend and he was a writer and he got a job writing a short story was for Star Wars. And he said he liked my name and he was going to name a planet after me. And I didn't think he would, but he did. And there I am. Wow. Yeah. Well, how cool is that? It's pretty appropriate, I think. It's a gift. It's a gift of immortality. I'm so grateful. Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, speaking of immortality, you know, a lot of people, and I think due to their, the vibration of their soul as well, but a lot of people who have regular experience with otherworldly beings are beginning to anti-age. Have you noticed that? Ah, uh, look younger. Absolutely. Look 
younger mm-hmm. and also physical changes. Sometimes what happens are people's eyes lighten up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm that my eyes have just slightly, slightly lightened. Uh, yes, there is kind of like a turn back in time and it probably has to do with the higher frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And one other question or one other area that I would like to talk with you about are implants. Mm-hmm. Have you had any experience with implants yourself? I don't know of any that I have had. I don't know of any. How about you? Well, actually, yes, I did. <laughs> Mine was in my lung and I coughed it up. It was organic looking. Mm -hmm. I think it had been planted the night before. And um, I woke up the next morning. I felt fine. I started driving to work. And by the time I arrived at my office, I was feverish. I was achy. I knew I couldn't see clients. So I gathered some of my little red light devices back in the car. I went and I came home, went to bed. I was listening to a meditation and it was an Arcturian healing chamber to remove implants. I don't know why I turned to that. I just did. I was just listening to it on YouTube. I laid down. I was listening to the meditation and fell asleep. The next thing I know, I'm waking up at the very end of the meditation, and I started coughing. I started coughing so hard that there was something that was projected out. And when I looked at it, at first I thought it was a sesame seed. When I looked at it again and got it closer, I thought it was like a hairball or something. It was it was kind of fuzzy with wires and all kinds of things. So I I thought, have I breathed in a lot of fabric? Have I been somewhere that I breathed in, you know, fabric fibers somehow? And then I also um, used to practice iridology. So I grabbed my iridology loop and I put it over and lo and behold, there was this organic type something and it had, it was a mixture of blue and red wires and they were coming off. Now this was like eight years ago and I still have that. Were it organic in nature, were it a seed, were it fuzz, there would be some types of changes. There was nothing. It looks exactly the same. And you can see that it has like fibers that wrap around it. Um, I have, I'll have, I'll send you my photo. There was the most unusual, um, for lack of better terms, where an eye socket could possibly be. It was unusual, but the second that came out of my body, my fever broke, everything was fine. I scooped it up in a Kleenex, put it in a Ziploc, and that's where it stays. Very interesting. You've had no one look at it or test it? Never. Mm -mm. I'd like to see it, yeah. Sure. I'll send you the photo. Yeah. Why don't you have anyone test it? I have no idea. Where would you you go? I Well, I'll just be honest with you. I have so many things that happened to me that it was just like, oh, isn't that something? And I just put it in. I mean, I have so many photos of crafts. I've had experience. I mean, it's just, you know, it's part of my life. It's part of who I am. And so in a way, it's just kind of like, ah, another day, another dollar. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And I shouldn't take things as off the cuff as I do, but you know, at some point you have so many experiences. It's just, it's just commonplace. Yes. Yes. I understand that with all the, like the marks and things I had on my body, as many people do geometric. Uh, Why do you think it was in your lung? You know, I have absolutely no idea. It was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Um, I kept thinking about it. Was it going to improve my lungs? Was it going to your lungs what if it was just down in your esophagus or something well and you know it could have been it could have been but the lungs had really been achy that entire remember I said I had some aches and pains well it was actually in the chest area and at first I thought am I going to have a heart attack because it was a very unusual sensation uh and then by the time I was running the fever I thought "Eh, you know maybe I picked up a bug it's a bug. Uh, maybe I picked up the flu or something. And so I just went to bed and then that's what happened. 
So now everyone watching this interview knows about the implant that I was never going to talk about. But, you know, we're going to talk about it. This is the first time. No, no, I usually don't. I usually don't share a lot of my experiences. Well, thank you for sharing. I interview interview other people because I want to hear what they have to say. I want to share their stories. Yeah, but what happens to you is just equally as fascinating. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll I'll talk about my experiences more. I have thousands. <laughs> well, how about I come back on and interview you? <laughs> oh, there you go. How fun would that be? That's interview you. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, I wanted to um, ask one last thing. And when you're talking about uh, the MUFON conference that's coming up, is this specifically just for MUFON members or is anyone can attend? And if people do want to attend, how can they sign up to go? Because I think a lot of people are looking for opportunities to connect with other people who have had experiences. Yeah, thank you for asking. Anybody can go, absolutely anybody. Uh, And they really do attract a lot of people. They're a lot of fun. There's a lot of wonderful speakers, special events. Uh, Usually they have tours. If there's a a base nearby, maybe we can get a tour. I think in Colorado, they went to an Air Air Force base nearby. I can't remember. Possibly. Uh, Yeah, so there's a lot to do. Just go to MUFON.com. And all the information will be there. Also, if you want to report a sighting or an ET contact, go to MUFON.com. Or you can uh, contact me uh, to get a private consultation or tell me your story. Uh, um, It doesn't cost anything to go online and tell me your story and fill out the um, short questionnaire, and I will respond. Uh, And also, if anyone's interested in a sole purpose session uh, or sole support session, I do those too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for being our guest today. I really appreciate it. You have been listening to see talk on beyond the skyline on conscious awakening network. So tune in every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for more on UAPs, disclosures and experiences of all kinds. So until then, keep looking up and we'll see you next time. Bye bye, everyone.